Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Renoff, and here with me today is Dr. Lynn Vuong, a family and sports medicine doctor with Providence. And today we're answering your questions about osteoarthritis in the knee. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from you, our listeners, on social media. We can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Providence. Use the hashtag Talk with a Doc for a chance to hear your questions on our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only, and you should always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. So let's get started by welcoming our expert today, Dr. Wong. Thank you, Mary, for uh, inviting me. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Um, Tell us just a little bit about your role here and what you do in general. Well, I'm a board-certified family medicine uh, and sports medicine physician. I work part-time doing urgent care at Providence. I also have a private practice with my sister, um, Dr. Tin Vong, called Acuprolo Institute in Torrance that offers integrative therapies for musculoskeletal pain. We do osteopathic manipulation, acupuncture, perineural injection therapies, prolotherapy, and platelet-rich plasma. That's amazing. We're going to have to do like five shows just about those things. And I like that you work with your sister. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm definitely a patient advocate, and I really believe that patients should know all of the uh, options and weigh the risk and benefits of all treatments, Absolutely. complementary as well as um, conventional medicine. Especially in this day and age when we have so many like deaths of despair with opioid addiction and everything, I really feel like we should try to look at all options. Totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, today's topic is osteoarthritis, so I think we should start with the big, huge question of what is it? What is it? Well, um, it's basically degeneration of the joint. So it's wear and tear. And uh, it commonly occurs in people in their middle age and elderly people, but it can happen in people that are younger as well. And so what, how, how would I know if I have it? What are the symptoms? What does it look like? Well, if you think about breaking down of a joint, um, if you've got a knee joint, for example, um, that wear and tear on that causes cartilage to break down, maybe the meniscus, which is the shock absorbers, uh, or the ligaments can be overly stretched or damaged. Then um, you get malalignment of the kneecap. Um, when you bone rubs on bone, it creates more bone, so then you get um, basically deformity of the joint. This causes pain. It causes that crackling, mm-hmm. funny noise that you hear when you bend your knees, it causes stiffness, swelling, um, inflammation, and then what happens is your muscles start to compensate. You have to have tight, strong muscles to stabilize that joint, um, otherwise you can't walk. And right. then you get muscle spasm, it pinches the nerves, it causes pain, and then because of pain, you're not going to want to use that joint, mm-hmm. then you end up causing muscle atrophy, meaning that muscle starts to shrivel down and shrink, so it loses its function. Then you have poor balance, um, you have no strength in that muscle. So lots of bad things can wow, happen. Wow, this does not sound like a good thing no, at all. It is not. No. But unfortunately, we are all affected by it. Right. Yeah. Well, and you said old age or elderly people, I guess. And is that more because of a lifetime of, of activity on the knee? You did say younger people too. But is that typically what happens? Is it just over time? Yes, over time. Basically, it's a wear and tear on, mm-hmm. on the joint. So um, there's a lot of things that, are, that can cause osteoarthritis. The risk factors include things like uh, age. Mm-hmm. It, uh, repetitive trauma to mm-hmm. that area can cause it as well. Um, you can also have uh, obesity. Mm-hmm. Imagine more weight on the joint yeah. increases yeah. the pressure. It's been shown, studies show that um, the more obese you are, it increases your risk for having a total knee replacement. Mm. Okay. Uh, there's other things that actually break down the joint, like steroids, Mm -hmm. catabolic steroids. Basically, 
It increases, it has been shown to increase uh, cartilage damage and break down the soft tissue. There's also genetic factors as well. Um, there are um, diseases such as the um, high iron overload called hereditary hemochromatosis. Those mm -hmm. people tend to have more osteoarthritis. There's also hypermobility um, conditions that increase your risk for wear and tear of the joints, including the spine. Mean? So if you are too flexible, okay, okay. if you're mm -hmm. if you're double jointed, mm -hmm. those ligaments are overly stretched. They're not holding that joint and supporting it the way it should. So you're more likely to have a wear and tear. Gotcha. It's kind of like a hinge on the door mm -hmm. and it's yeah, just not, it's kind of loose. So I see a lot of those patients, hypermobile people. Yeah. You mentioned catabolic steroids. And for those of us who don't know, is that like medication steroids? Is that like injected steroids? What is that? All of the above. Okay. So basically you can have um, steroids that we give you by mouth, mm -hmm. um, like prednisone when you mm -hmm. have an asthma flare. Um, you can have steroids like corticosteroids is what they call it when we do injections into the joint. Mm -hmm. um, we can also do it in epidural steroid injections for oh, the back. Okay. So all of those steroids that we inject into you, its aim is to decrease inflammation. And inflammation is usually what causes pain. So that helps you with, with, your, uh, with your pain. But it's short-term short -term pain relief for long-term problems. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about um, what the, the symptoms are, but how do, how do people know? Like when they get to you, they know that they have it already? Or are you usually diagnosing it? So in uh, conventional medicine, what we usually do is we do imaging studies okay. um, to, to say that. And uh, you can see it on x-rays. You would see that the joint space, uh, in terms of the knees, the joint space starts to be more narrowed. You can see extra bony growth in that area, or you can see malalignment of the bones. So those are all signs um, that suggest you've got degeneration of the joint. And then what do you do if you get that diagnosis? What's the next step? Well, there's a lot that you can do, actually. Um, so obviously, in terms of treatment, you want to think of you want to think of the least invasive, least toxic, and you start off with those, mm -hmm. those things, and you have to weigh the risk and benefits of doing every treatment. So um, also cost effectiveness of things. So I would start off with lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. So if you're overweight, try to decrease that. If you're not eating healthy uh, and getting the nutrients you need, change that. But uh, in general, when you've got a wear and tear, um, you, all you want to do is you just want to cover the pain up and help so you can function. So then you have to think about what are the risks of the medicines for that. So in terms of OA, we have topical medicines that you can apply. They're the least toxic. Um, Is that like, like the aspercream kind of thing? Well, you can do aspercream. You can do tiger balm. Um, there's also the chili pepper creams mm -hmm. like capsaicin. Um, there's prescribed medicines also such as... Um, um, diclofenac, mm -hmm. diclofenac gel or Voltaren gel. Uh, it's a type of an anti-inflammatory. So it's called non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or the NSAIDs. NSAIDs. Exactly, NSAIDs. Now, NSAIDs have a lot of risks, okay, in terms if you're taking it by mouth. But if you're topical, it doesn't absorb that much. So it's pretty pretty oh, safe. It's better for your okay. liver and everything? Totally better for your... Okay. Well, NSAIDs usually affect your kidneys. kidneys so they right. can affect your kidneys. They can affect your blood pressure. Elevates that. If you've got coronary artery disease or heart disease, you want to uh, limit your use of NSAIDs as well. Um, so it's not the best thing in terms of uh, orals. So if you've failed the topicals and it's not working for you, you can always take, take the orals. Mm -hmm. However, there, there has been a study um, published just recently that uh, with multiple head-to-head -head studies that show that the uh, topical NSAIDs 
provide at least equivalent pain relief and improve function and decrease stiffness compared to the oral NSAIDs uh, in osteoarthritis. Okay. okay, so have to, to consider that when you're prescribing it to your patients or when you're taking it. But in terms of the pills, you've heard of ibuprofen, mm-hmm. Motrin, Advil. Um, those are all the same medicines, all three, just different names. Okay, so you don't want to take multiple of those. Um, Aleve, naproxen, those are all the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. They can be upsetting to the stomach, um, cause ulcers too. So what you wanna do is limit that and not do that long-term. There are other things such as Tylenol, that's that's less toxic to to, uh, uh, the system in general. Um, Then you go into the class of narcotics mm-hmm. uh, narcotics or opioids and you mentioned earlier there's there's a crisis right now Absolutely. yes there is um, it's it's really very sad I read in the news this morning that um, in uh, I think it was Tennessee they're teaching kids around ages elementary school kids how to use Narcan which is basically uh, the medicine right. to reverse right. narcotic like use. an overdose Exactly, yeah. because people are overdosing it. People are dying. People are not getting the, the treatment that they need um, to, to help with their pain, and they think the opioids might help. So it's very, very sad. Um, the opioids are like Norco, Vicodin, morphine, um, and they can cause problems such as um, in elderly people, sedation. So mm-hmm. they're very sedated. They lose their balance. They cause constipation, which is a big problem in elderly people, liver toxicity. The biggest problem, though, is addiction. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're faced with right now in the United States and around the world with addiction with opioids. But having said that, it does help some right. people. So right. um, it's not for everyone, but it does But help you're some basically people. saying, though, that you're trying, right, level and escalation, right? Like, let's try something yes. more lifestyle choice than topical, than NSAID. Okay. Exactly. It should always be like that in all types of treatment that you do. You, you weigh the risk and benefits of everything. And you think, for example, patients come to me and they say, well, should I be taking glucosamine chondroitin? I know that turmeric is really helpful also, and vitamin D has been shown to be helpful. And I said, well, the honest truth is there's not enough data to support its use, and there's conflicting data. However, what is the risk of using mm-hmm. these oral supplements? It's very minimal compared to the prescription medicine. So I tell patients, if you find that it helps you, then go ahead and continue using it. I would add, though, we did a, a show recently on supplements, and one of the things they said was exactly that, right? There's some of them that we don't know because we don't have enough research, and the, the misc- risk is minimal, but make sure you get them from from quality places, exactly. that they've been tested, that you've looked at a yes. certificate of... of, of uh, whatever the COA is called, yes. Uh, whatever it proves that whatever is in it, but really to just make sure that you're getting good quality products. Totally agree. I have to yeah. say though, um, I don't have osteoarthritis, but I do have runner's knee or whatever, and, and only when I run, but I swear by Arnica. But some people tell me that there's no way that that works. I'm like, well, all I know is if I put it on after I run, I don't hurt the next day, and if I don't, I do. See, so the topical that you use is very minimally toxic. So I say that for the benefit that you get, I would continue doing it. Um, and sometimes uh, there's, there's a saying in research that says that the absence of evidence does not mm-hmm. mean that there is absence of the benefit, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that we haven't figured out how to show it yet, or we just, uh, I mean, research is very um, costly. Very it is. costly and time-consuming. It takes a long time, too, so yeah. you always just have to weigh the risk and yeah. benefits of doing each treatment. I did read, and I don't know if you want to answer this because a lot of doctors don't, but I did read that a lot of people who are suffering from OA find benefit in CBD. Is that something that you guys are seeing more people asking about? 
Um, I don't have much experience with CBD, so I probably have to refrain on on, uh, mm-hmm. on that question. Are you getting people asking about it at all? Uh, I'm getting more people asking yeah. about it, um, yeah. and they're using topical CBD mm-hmm. uh, for that. And I tell you, like I said, you weigh the pros and cons. Right. If it's topical, it's not as toxic as it is if you're taking by mouth. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have enough experience. But you don't necessarily know what you're getting, exactly. <laughs> which is always that's right. concerning. That's right. Well, we got a lot of questions from people. Um, and one of the first ones I'm going to ask you is because we got it from so many different people is if I'm diagnosed with osteoarthritis, what can I no longer do? Okay. Well, anything that causes pain is going to limit your function. Okay. So if it's a wear and tear problem, if you can imagine jumping sports and jumping mm-hmm. activities mm-hmm. is going to affect it. So you're not going to be uh, jumping very much. So you're not going to be uh, doing a lot of uh, things that uh, like running. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, people find that with osteoarthritis, they're, they're pain is worse when it's cold so mm-hmm. that gets rid of skiing and other uh, Ugh, winter sports yeah. mm-hmm. right um people when they have knee problems they're going to have problems bending so you're going to not be able to dance basically anything that causes you to have significant pain you're going to be limited but limited is a little bit different than not able to do it right like sometimes it's going to be well maybe you can't run but you can walk or maybe you can't run a marathon but you can jog around the block or Yes, definitely. So, I mean, it depends on the progression of the disease Mm -hmm. because if it's mild, yeah, you can still do your walks and you can still do things. But if it's very severe knee, I have patients who cannot even walk a few steps without having significant pain. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can be very debilitating. So. You, just, you just said progression. Let's talk a little bit about that uh, after we take a quick break, because I know we do. But when we come back, let's talk about the progression. Okay.
Hey everyone, we're back on Talk with the Doc, and today I'm joined by Dr. Vuong, and we are talking about osteoarthritis. And you may hear some doors banging, you may hear some patients coming in and out because we are remote on site. Um, while we uh, were talking before, we started to talk a little bit about how this disease progresses. So once I have it, what's kind of my diagnosis? What's my future look like? Well, um, osteoarthritis is not something in general that you can eliminate. Once okay. you get it, you continue to have it. Um, the question is, how can you stabilize it? So if you've got a broken broken joint, um, once you get osteoarthritis, it's not something that you can um, be cured of in general. What happens is that the joint continues to break down. And there are things that we can do that help slow down the progression of that. For example, if you're... Um, your joint is not very stable if you strengthen your muscles, okay, and do physical therapy uh, exercises to strengthen those muscles, that will help it as well. Um, if you were to uh, decrease your weight, that will decrease the progression of that disease. And there are other types of uh, injection therapies that you can do as well that helps to slow down that process. Let's talk about those, because I know mm -hmm. that you do quite a few different options. Let's talk about injection therapy. In terms of steroid injections, it's conventionally what you get when you come to a doctor and say, I have really bad arthritis of the, of the knees, what can you do? And we inject steroids in there to decrease the inflammation because the thought is that if you have chronic inflammation, it's going to break down the joint. And uh, yes, that does help with the pain, but it is temporary pain relief for long-term problems. In January, not January, in um, 2017, JAMA, which is a very well-known um, um, uh, journal published journal, a journal of American Medical Association, yes, right? Okay. Um, published a study where they looked at people who got injections of trimcinolone steroid into the joint every three months for two years, and they compared that to normal saline injections, and the results showed that it significantly increased cartilage volume volume loss when you inject steroids compared oh. to saline. So it's not that great for you in the long run. Um, also increases your, your blood sugars as well, not good for a diabetic. So why do we still do it? It's because, like I said, patients are looking for a short fix to make them feel better immediately. Um, also because it is covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. So you have to weigh the pros and cons of other if injections. There and are potentially other. still better than doing opioids or narcotics. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean there's there's pros that. and cons. There's pros there's and cons yeah. of that, yes. But, you know, there are other types of injections, though, that right. you can do. They're regenerative therapy injections. Um, and those are types of injections that are, are really gaining popularity nowadays. Um, and um, they're platelet-rich plasma, which uh, is We did a well show known. on that. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, so platelet-rich plasma where you draw out your own blood mm -hmm. and then you spin it down, take the take the plasma, which is basically where all the cool growth the factors stuff. and stuff, <laughs> you re-inject it back into the body and it stimulates a healing response. Um, they're doing that with stem cells as well. But uh, of note, though, those, those therapies are very costly. They don't uh, get paid for by most insurance companies. There is another form of regenerative therapy that's not as well known. It's called prolotherapy, and uh, that's the oldest type of regenerative therapy in the world. It's been done since the 1930s, and uh, there's, there's excellent evidence to support its use for osteoarthritis. In 2013, 
the uh, Annals of Family Practice published an article that showed a randomized controlled study where they compared dextrose prolotherapy injections with normal saline and home exercise in people who had moderate to severe osteoarthritis. And they showed that at nine weeks of treatment, these people with dextrose injections for prolotherapy got significantly better function than the other two, um, just the the other two uh, arms. So what happened is in 2015, the uh, journal Family Practice recommended that people who had knee osteoarthritis consider getting prolotherapy if they failed conservative treatment. Yeah. Prolotherapy, though, even though it's been around a long time, is not necessarily easy to get. I know that you are an expert in it, but for example, you do it in your private practice, correct? Yes. Yes. So how do, how do patients, what is, how does it work? Tell us a little bit more about it. How do patients know about it? How do they ask for it? Um, a lot of people are, are very savvy with the internet, <laughs> and so oh, yes. they, that's that's how they're learning about it. They're learning it by word of mouth, also, um, because unfortunately, it's not taught in medical schools, um, not taught in residencies uh, or other specialty practices. But uh, it is uh, emerging, and there's a lot of evidence to support its use for arthrit- uh, arthritis as well as tendon injuries. Okay. Yeah. But it's often not in- covered by insurance. No. No. No regenerative therapy is generally covered by insurance overall. I think that will change over time. Well, that takes time. You see, insurance companies, they kind of lag behind because they're waiting for the research to support its use. And then research is very slow. Research, things happen in terms of decades. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to get some case reports first. Then you go and you get randomized controlled studies. Then to validate that, you have to have multiple different randomized controlled studies in multi-centers around the world and area. Then you get systems reviews to actually review all of those and compare and are they are they uh, um, are they all saying the same stuff mm-hmm. so at the highest level of research is your systematic reviews and meta-analysis and osteoarthritis of the knee with prolotherapy has achieved that and it's it's definitely shown to be effective in fact it's actually shown that in um, Let's see. They did a follow-up study in 2015 to show that these people who got injections for prolotherapy two and a half years ago, about three to four treatments, two and a half years ago, continued to have pain relief without further treatment. Wow. So when you're talking and you ask me, well, can you fix it? If I get OA, does that mean I get it for my life? Well, generally, that is that is the, the truth. But re- regenerative medicine, you're trying to regrow the stuff. So you're trying to heal and right. reverse some of those changes. There's nothing else in medicine that can, that can really say that I'm going to cure your problem. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, what about things like um, acupuncture? Does that work? Well, acupuncture's been around for <laughs> forever, and uh, it's been shown to be effective for a lot of things, but I would say that uh, with osteoarthritis, there there are some studies to show that it might have um, some benefit as well. So once again, we weigh the risk and benefits of doing things. Uh, some insurances pay for, for acupuncture, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's minimally invasive compared to injecting somebody with larger needles. Mm-hmm. So some people do find it effective. Do you, do your patients find any success or relief from hot and cold therapies? Definitely. So with osteoarthritis, you have to remember things that cause constriction 
is probably going to make it worse. So cold temperatures cause things to constrict. And uh, with osteoarthritis, the joint is already narrowed. Everything's collapsed. They find that cold temperatures always make it worse. Heat things uh, tends to make muscles relax more. Heat tends to expand things. Um, so they find that to be more helpful. But I always tell patients, do what it is that makes you most comfortable, especially the older people. You know, they they some patients they just don't want anything cold on them. So right. even if they had an acute sprain in sports medicine, we say, well, ice it. If you if you sprained yourself, right, ice right. it. Um, but I always tell seniors, especially, do what makes you feel better, um, because that's minimally invasive, right? If you're applying ice or heat. Yeah. Obviously, if you've got an infection, don't put heat on it. <laughs> right, but, right, right. <laughs> yes. Um, well. Talking about sports medicine, it feels like we're hearing a lot more athletes talk about osteoarthritis. I know Tiger Woods said he developed it after he had an ACL surgery. Phil Mickelson, who's another golfer, Shaquille O'Neal, Wayne Gretzky, all these guys developed it throughout their career. Do you think that's because of all the strain and the repetitive nature of what they're doing? Do you think it's that they're not necessarily getting, I mean, one would think these guys could get the best medical care out there. Why are we hearing so much more about it now? I would say you're hearing more about it also because our population is getting older. Very okay? good point. Mm-hmm. So there's more people being affected by this. We ultimately are all humans, subjected to the same breakdown processes. So eventually we're all gonna get arthritis of multiple joints. And uh, it's a wear and tear problem. Well, so thanks the, Debbie Downer. I'm sorry, there, there's a lot of good options <laughs> She's though. like, there's facts on the flip side, you're living longer, so you're enjoying life. <laughs> well, there are things you can do, like regenerative sure. medicine, mm-hmm. you know, rejuvenate. <laughs> So, well, you talked a lot about it too, right? Like, let's be good on our joints. Let's try to lose weight. Let's try to stay active. Let's try to, you know, be good to them. Let's, let's stretch before we run. Those kind of things can help us over time. Exactly. Okay. Um, what about things like knee braces or that sort of thing? Are those helpful for arthritis or are those more just injury? Um, no, they're actually helpful for both. So there was a study that was published uh, recently looking at um, knee stabilizers and unloaders uh, for osteoarthritis, and it does show that it decreases pain as well as function. Okay. So I would definitely support that. Do we find, maybe this is a silly question, but do we find if we have arthritis in like a knee or something that we then overcompensate on the other knee and that causes pain over time? Or Totally. Yeah. It, it's always the case because you have to think about Um, Newtonian physics basically if you were a crane and I put some weight on one end the whole thing topples Mm -hmm. right but people don't work that way we have this concept called biotensegrity that keeps us up so a ballerina can stand on her toes and not fall over because everything else in her body is compensating for the abnormal tension that's in that toe so if you can strengthen for example if your knee is the problem strengthen your quads Mm -hmm. strengthen your pelvis and your core so that way you can compensate better that and all the tension is redistributed so it's really important when you're looking at a joint problem you have to look at the joint above and the joint below so that's why we, even with osteoarthritis you talk about um, appliances inserts for the shoes can be helpful mm-hmm. if you have mm-hmm. flat feet okay to try to correct that so the knees don't become knock knees and the foot doesn't pronate in so there's a lot of things that you can do that will help um, compensate for your knee pain things like physical therapy or massage 
Yes. So like we talk about compensation, if your muscles are really tight trying to compensate to stabilize your knee, it's going to cause you a lot of pain. So massage would be helpful. Osteopathic manipulation is great mm-hmm. um, because it's using low, low pressure to actually release the abnormal tension that's there. So that's very, very helpful for a lot of people, especially the elderly. Have you done any research or have any of your patients asked you about like LED, red light therapy, that sort of thing for arthritis? I don't know very much about it, actually, um, so I can't I can't comment on that. Yeah, no worries. We like to throw things at you. At what <laughs> I'll point, have to read it up. Yeah, right. We'll bring you back. We can talk about it next time. At what point is surgery the answer? Well, if you failed everything else, I always mm-hmm. tell patients, again, weigh the pros and cons of things. Uh, surgery is always there waiting for you. And if you're going to get a knee replacement or a hip replacement, there's a lifetime to that. Uh, there's a warranty on that. So try to delay that as long as you can. Oh, right. Because so, you don't want to do it twice, right? Well, you can't reverse reverse that. I mean, there are studies that have shown that if you had medial joint problems like meniscal, meniscus uh, uh, surgeries um, on your knee, it can actually increase your chance of osteoarthritis. So depending depending on what the problem is, um, surgery is indicated. But in general, for osteoarthritis of the knees, we try to delay that as long as we can. So if you failed everything else, then go for that. Makes sense. Well, if I think I have it or I'm having that kind of pain, do I go to my primary care physician? Do I go to an orthopedist? Do I go to a sports medicine doc? What do we do? Okay, first thing to do is go to your primary care doctor, okay? They are trained to be able to detect these things and to be able to treat it. So if you've got mild osteoarthritis, start off with that. If that's not helping you and you feel like you need injection therapy, some family doctors can go ahead and do that for you in turn. Sometimes they refer you to an orthopedist or a sports surgery, uh, a sports uh, medicine doctor. Um, They'll also refer you to physical therapy as well. Mm -hmm. And if none of that stuff works, then um, you might have to go and uh, take things into your own hands and actually pay for regenerative therapy, which requires a lot more training uh, and different types of physicians. Sounds good. So we're about out of time. So I got to ask you this. What is your one piece of wisdom or parting, parting shot that you would give to people? Let them know the one takeaway from this show. I would say um, there's no one quick fix for anything. You really have to integrate all the therapies together. Um, Opioids is not the answer for the majority of people. um, And you'd have to look at the risk and benefits of doing each treatment, um, including complementary and alternative therapies. Great advice. Great advice. Well, thank you, Dr. Vuong, for joining us today and everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. Make sure to follow us on social media at Providence on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And to learn more about our mission programs and services, visit future.pshahealth.org. Thanks for listening. <music>